welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. But not today. Today, we're going to talk about what we're looking forward to in 2021. Our gaming over Christmas. And some resolutions. Gaming and not gaming. So, let's talk about what we're looking forward to in 2021. This is mostly mined from Wikipedia's 2021 in games list, is it? Or at least that was certainly the inspiration. Yeah, but we've not lifted the whole list and we're not going to regurgitate the whole list that's there. What? I thought we were going to read the whole thing. We're trying to be a bit more selective. Just pick out the things that interest us in particular. That's the plan. So why don't you start us off? Yep, I'll start us off. Super Mario 3D World, which is coming February 12th, which is quite soon, actually. Don't you already have this? I do already have this. On the Wii U? Yeah, but having this on the Switch is much more convenient. Do you play the Switch much portably? Uh, Yeah, I think it's the only way I play. Oh, really? Okay. Do you take it with you on your commute, or...? I play it on my desk where I'm meant to be working. (laughs) Okay. Or in bed when I'm not sleeping. So it's all part of this, like, after I got Galaxy on the Switch, it just makes sense to have everything on the most convenient platform. I'm not sure how April will feel about me replacing her games. Replacing the Wii U, since she got that for me. Ah, it's just the inevitable march of progress. Did you finish this the first time round? I'm guessing not. No, we didn't. We played some. You played some. We played some. I did play some, yeah. The idea was to do it multiplayer. Yeah, but I didn't do it. Don't know. It is quite a fun game. I mean, I'd quite like to play this too. When we were playing at the time, I got quite mixed, a mixed reaction from you. It seemed like, hmm... I thought it was what I want, but it's not what I want. Or it's not what I wanted. It, yeah, it was not what I expected. Like I, We need to talk about this. Like You, you should give at least five sentences, otherwise it's just too unfair. Yeah. I, I heard that the Wii U Mario games were like the best 2D and 3D Mario games since Super Mario World on the 2D side and super mario 64 on the 3d side i uh, i've actually bought new super mario brothers wii u but i haven't played it yet i bought it in the sale (laughs) and then 3d world yeah i played it at your place and in my head i was expecting it to be like a 64 but obviously it's totally different it's more like 3d land just like amped up so Gameplay-wise, yeah, I don't know. Does it have loads of secrets? Does it have loads of fun stuff? Can't tell. It, it just seems it's it's a fun multiplayer game, right? But I don't know if it's fun and satisfying and full of secrets for a, for an individual playing it. Exactly. Yep. So I didn't have any desire to play this single player. Let's move on. Q1, Q2, Mass Effect, Legendary Edition. So... Through all the the freebies that EA gives away or PS Plus gives away, I have both Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 on PC and PS3, PS, PS3. But I know I should play things in the, re, you know, in the remastered edition because it's just better that way. I do wonder, though, 
how, you know, on the PC, will there be a big difference? I, I usually in the remastered one, they they increase the polygon count of the models, right? Or they have higher resolution textures, or they add extra shaders and stuff. So maybe depends how much effort they put in. Do we expect a lot of effort? Don't know. I mean, they might be using this as an opportunity to drum up interest in the series again after the failure that was Andromeda. Yeah, so I played five hours of Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. I haven't really committed to it yet. But I know I want to play it. I mean, have you finished these? I've played and finished Mass Effect 1 and 2. I weirdly don't think it's as good as everyone makes out to be personally like people talk about it as if it's this incredible amazing experience and it's just kind of a meh action rpg with an interesting but not groundbreaking story from my perspective i mean maybe it's just haven't finished it maybe if i finished it i'd be like whoa okay now i get it but i don't think so wow you think you know someone i mean i did i did that's not well, I mean, that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. Like, I did enjoy it. I did get quite invested in some of the characters. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I never finished the third one. Maybe, I mean, if I, if I played it again, I'd probably feel different about it. That is the other thing. Because I remember playing the first one and not really liking Garrus as a character. Like, I left him on the ship the whole time. And then in the second game, I was like, I love Garrus. Garrus is my favorite. I want to take him everywhere. You know, so... People change. Uh, next up, I have a couple of PS5 games. I don't have a PS5. But I'm going to get one. I need to justify it. It's been a weird. It's been a weird next gen. If I'm honest, there have been no games. No, you buy these consoles for games, but there have been none. So I've got here God of War Ragnarok and GT Seven. No, oh, Gran Turismo Seven. With dual sense controls. Imagine that. I mean, you you talked about these controls and you haven't even tried it yet. I when you <laughs> in that episode where you said you're all wrong about these dual sense controls, I thought you'd actually tried them. But you really just believed <laughs> in all the <laughs> hype. I believe the marketing hype. I'm gonna be a shell. Sony, where's my paycheck? So I don't even know if these will really come out in twenty twenty one. But there's something to look forward to. I I I know that God of War is part of the PlayStation. What's the right word for this? PlayStation Collection. Yeah, I think so. Yes, I'll play as part of that. And then GT Seven. I like car games, but they've all. I feel like they've gone a bit off track with all their RPGness lately. Can I say that? You're not going to correct me. I know that. I. Wait, but isn't GT7 like the original RPG car game? Because I remember I played the original Gran Turismo on PS1 and I really liked the career mode with the car. You know, that was the one thing about it I really liked, like having my crappy little like Fiat hatchback and racing it and then like ranking up and getting you know a slightly less crappy car and so on. But I don't think it's it respects your time anymore. You know, it has they have to change it because it just doesn't respect your time these days. I don't want to be like playing this game for a week and just have upgraded to my and from a milk float to a fiat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. That is the problem. That is the problem. And it's true. The answer will be microtransactions, unfortunately, or something like that. I was going to say, maybe there'll be some microtransaction to unlock everything. And then beyond that, I have two which aren't really games I'm looking forward to. They're more like trailers I'm looking forward to, which are... They might be out this year. You never know. It'll be incredible. So the first one is Breath of the Wild 2 and Metroid Prime 4. I'm really excited for both of these. I think... In the past, I might have been more excited for Metroid Prime 4, but now I'm definitely more excited for Breath of the Wild 2. Like, Metroid, I think I've come to realise that I like the idea of it more than I actually like it. But Breath of the Wild 2, yeah, I'm all on board for that. But I wouldn't want just more Breath of the Wild. I want 
I want real dungeons. I want real temples. Yeah, that's the thing. I I want them to take the best of Breath of the Wild and fuse that with the best of a traditional Zelda game. Because, like, Breath of the Wild, the open world, was really incredibly well done. But the Divine Beasts and the Shrines, they were fun at first, but kind of disappointing. You know, there was, like, it was just the same mechanics over and over and over again, right? So can they add some of that spice, you know, with the dungeon items that you had from the old traditional Zelda games and fuse that with the open worldness of the of Breath of the Wild? That would be something special. And do you like 3D Metroids? That's the thing. I don't think I do. <laughs> like, I have never finished any of the Metro Prime games. I think I, I played like 80 to 90% of Metroid Prime on GameCube, but I didn't finish it. Okay, I finished Metroid Prime. I thought it was really refreshing given all the shooters that were around at the time. I liked wandering around Lost, trying to figure out where I need to backtrack to. Granted, I did have a lot of time at that time. I mean, Metroid Prime 4 basically got taken back to the drawing board, didn't it? They they were working on it, they weren't happy, and then they hired the original devs for Metro Prime yep. to work on it. So It's back with Retro. Yeah, so it's going to be... I, I'm certainly interested, but more academically interested than I really want to play this game. I may want to play this game. I may really want to play this game. You've you've never played the sequels though either, have you? No, I didn't play the sequels. The the prime sequels. No. Okay. And then my random picks. Not random. <laughs> well, my twenty twenty one picks. It takes two, the new Joseph Farris game. I'm actually not interested in this, but I'm curious whether you're interested in this. I'm not interested in this because a way out didn't work. Like we, I didn't finish it with April. This one's about a married couple. I, I don't know why that makes it more or less relevant. Yeah, maybe April can identify with it more than you know, a guy in prison. That's true. I was just curious. You're allowed to be not interested at all. And then another one which. Am I interested in this? I, I, I'm possibly interested in this, but probably not. Hogwarts Legacy. Since you talked about, in the context of Persona 5, high school scheduling games, and you said, imagine if there was a Hogwarts game like this. And I said, I think there is a Hogwarts game like this. So that's Hogwarts Legacy. It's some open world life sim Hogwarts game that I don't know very much about. And when I've tried to read up more about it, most people are just talking about J.K. Rowling's transphobia. So that may come into the success of this. I, I can't tell. The media certainly want to make a big deal of it. I'm not sure she's even that involved in the game, to be honest. Anyway. We're not going to talk about that. We're just going to talk about the game. Yeah. Are you interested in this? The, the idea of a school simulator sounds absolutely amazing. Because it's basically a time management game. But the reality is I'm just going to pull out a wiki and min-max everything and then it'll be disappointing. <laughs> Did you play Bully? No. So I was you know there was like Grand Theft Academy, <laughs> you know, like a GTA game set in a school, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. So it's about, you know, what, I don't know, in my mind, because I've not, I've not played Bully, so I don't know how Bully works. It's about deciding what time you're going to spend you know, whether you focus on your schoolwork or your social life and then you're skilling up as a result of where you put your time in and then that'll determine how you work outside of life. But I'm not sure if Bully's really like that. But I'm hoping Hogwarts Legacy is going to be like that. And if not Hogwarts Legacy, I'm hoping Witchbrook will be like that. Ah, oh, good segue. Yeah, because the thing with Hogwarts Legacy, I'm not sure about the art style or art direction is the right word. It's just triple A 
Hogwarts Wizarding World art style. I mean, this, this is how the recent Harry Potter games have looked, isn't it? How recent? It's how the movies look. But it's... It, the movies no. are probably better source material. If you say it like that, then do you not remember how the Avengers looked? The game? I thought that looked good, personally. <laughs> so what do I know? I mean, they've taken care to set this in the past. You know, like there, there won't, they won't have to worry about getting Daniel Radcliffe's likeness or, you know, any of the other famous people because this is being set before the time period of the books. So there shouldn't be any of that. Well, the, you'll still get the Uncanny Valley, but it won't be that uncanny actor problem. Yeah. So do you care about these kind of school simulators? Any interest? Uh, again, like you, I'm interested, but I've never got around to playing it. Like I, of course, have bought Bully at some point in the Steam sales and it's been sitting on my backlog for years now. So I would like to give Bully a go, certainly. And this is potentially intriguing. I, I don't even know if it's, uh, you know, like GTA. That's just my assumption you know it maybe it's going to be a much more traditional linear rpg who knows anyway you mentioned witchbrook i don't feel like I need to say any more about richbrook it's in my mind it's going to be same as hogwarts legacy but with beautiful where are you getting that idea beautiful from? pixel art it's a school simulator with action rpg isn't that what it is or, or, or is that I, is that what it says or have i literally mixed that up with hogwarts legacy because i thought they were the same game <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I, I. That's why you said you were curious about Witchbrook, and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like, is it's not at all a game I would have thought you would be interested in. Like, to me, when I look at Witchbrook, yes, beautiful pixel art. To me, it makes me think of Harvest Moon. Well, I guess Harvest Moon kind of is like a life sim as well, isn't it? And and Harvest Moon is definitely very schedule-y Like thinking about how to use your time and how to plant the crops and everything. Or Stardew Valley. So, yeah, my assumption is that it'll be more like those games, which I guess is actually what you're after. So actually, yeah, maybe you're spot on. We'll see. It's very early days. Like, There's very little information about Witchbrook, is there? It's just this... It's just these very pretty pixel yeah. art screenshots. That's it, yeah. And it's made by Chucklefish, who did Starbound. Moving on then. I have an embarrassing secret. I don't know what the... I don't know what the fuss is around Deathloop. I actually don't know what the core mechanic is that everyone's shouting about. What? It's a time loop game. Oh, thanks. Yeah, but what's it's basically <laughs> Majora's Mask slash Outer Wilds, but you're an assassin. What does that even mean? Okay. My understanding of it from the trailers is you're an assassin and you have to eliminate these five targets in one day but obviously if you try and kill one that takes up pretty much the whole day because you've got to like plot the hit and like arrange things correctly so you can you know kill them and so i think the idea is that you're doing these multiple loops and learning about their routines and learning about the connections between the targets until you can eventually like run the perfect loop and hit all five of them at once oh so it's like hitman and there were, yeah, but there was something else. You're right. There was something else about like the others, the other assassins also being in on the time loop and trying to kill you too or something, maybe. I don't know why I'm asking you because you just stated you know nothing about it. Like I got some vibe from the trailer that there was some other mechanic at play as well. On oh, May 21. It's soon. Is this the PS5 exclusive? It is a ps5 console exclusive which is funny because it's owned by microsoft now but they're honoring the commitment so it will be ps5 and pc at launch i'm curious to see how it pans out i'm not sure i would actually buy this at release i'll just look out for some reviews but i'm definitely interested in time loop games now I mean, obviously, you know, I liked Majora's Mask from way back when, and then Outer Wilds really just hammered home. Why aren't there more time loop games? Time loop games are incredible. Next. More Bethesda? And then, yes, from the same studio, 
Is it the same studio? No, wait, wait. <laughs> and then... It's Bethesda. Yeah, so Arcane apparently are making... Well, the devs that did Dishonored and Prey are apparently making a new game. So, on the assumption that that's going to be an immersive sim, I'm excited for that because I love immersive sims. No details on what that is yet, though. So, that's just something to look out for in 2021. Next up, Back for Blood. Another one I just felt should be mentioned, even though I'm not actually particularly keen. So this was announced at the Game Awards. And I saw the trailer and I was like, this just looks like a clone of Left 4 Dead. Like, why is everyone excited about it? And then reading more into it, it's because it's actually made by the original Left 4 Dead team. So there was a company, they made Left 4 Dead, they were acquired by Valve. And so Left 4 Dead was released as a Valve software game. But the team actually weren't happy with what Valve had done with the franchise and have now spun themselves back out again as Turtle Rock Studios and have made Back 4 Blood. So if anyone is entitled to make basically a clone of Left 4 Dead, it's them. Fair enough. I think it's too much of a clone of Left 4 Dead. I mean, if you're the creator of Left 4 Dead, you would evolve that idea, you'd hope. Maybe you Well, I mean, they, they probably not... will, right? We'll it's see. just that you've got you to gotta build that base game first, right? So reasonable. What happened to you? Is this your resolution? Is this one of your things? <laughs> resolution. Be less of a jerk. We're closing the podcast. There's no point anymore. You're right. They've got to start somewhere. At the moment, maybe they're holding things back because there's still time for us to be surprised. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also the formula works, right? Like, what new mechanical things are required, even? It's just funny because Left 4 Dead has actually had a real resurgence recently. I've seen so many people playing Left 4 Dead like in my friends list. I think they, they had some new content drop, didn't they? Like they added some new weapons or they added some new maps. I I can't remember exactly what it was because I haven't been playing it personally. But among my friends, a lot of them have been playing Left 4 Dead, well, Left 4 Dead 2, and have been asking me to play as well. And I've just been like, eh, I'm not really feeling it. But what? You know, I know it's had a bit of a renaissance recently. What, what do you mean, what? I would, if anyone asked me to play Left 4 Dead, I'd say, hell yeah. Really? The problem with Left 4 Dead is no one's playing it. That's, that was my view. And that's why we need Back 4 Blood to get more people playing Left 4 Dead again. Actually, it is true, because you really, you really want that whole squad, right, to play. And playing with randoms is hard work. <laughs> okay, let's close out my list. 12 minutes, another time loop game. It was meant to be 2020, but 2020 has come and gone. So I assume it's going to arrive sometime soon. Enough said. And then two left field indies. So I may be saying this wrong because I've only ever seen it written down. Amori. Apparently it's like the next Undertale. Although it doesn't involve any cute animals. So maybe it's more the next Earthbound. It's a quirky, slightly dark rpg it came out on christmas day 2020 so december 25th 2020 i know nothing about it other than a lot of suggestions that it's the next undertale the next earthbound so very curious one of those is good one of those is bad (laughs) yeah one of those is just overhyped yeah, and actually, that's, that's quite fitting. Yeah, so depending on which way that coin falls, we'll see. I, I'm i wondering, will it get 97 on Metacritic? 97? 95? Yeah. Maybe maybe it's already on 95. 95 is sufficient. I, I checked. It's only got one review. One critic review. And what, what was the that? The public score is 95. The The one critic score I saw was 90, so... You're safe for now. 
And then finally, Phantom Brigade. So this was announced actually a long time ago, but it is available now on early access on the Epic Store as of late last year. So is this fitting for this list? I don't know. It'll probably go 1.0 in 2021, which is my justification for putting it on this list. It looks like a really interesting mech combat game. It's it's basically a tactical RPG, but it has a really... Is it a unique mechanic? I guess it is a unique mechanic. I mean, it's the closest thing I can think of is Laser Squad Nemesis, but it's not like Laser Squad Nemesis. So essentially, it's a mech game. You control your squad of mechs. You're fighting enemy mechs and tanks, but your mech has a device that can perfectly predict the next five seconds so you can see exactly what the enemy is going to do in the next five seconds and so you can obviously instruct your mechs to do things perfectly in response to that so you can do things like have your mech dash out and you know exactly as the sniper takes the shot they can be behind like a tree so the tree takes the bullet or something you know like you can have it timed perfectly like that it looks really cool. I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of like a traditional quasi real-time, but in increments tactics game, but with that Slay the Spire puzzle element, because you know exactly what the enemy's going to do. Wait, you said five seconds, but then you said it's turn, turn-based? turn No, it's not turn-based. I, I missed something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. So I should clarify. So it shows you the timeline of the next five seconds and exactly what the enemy is going to do in those five seconds. And then you can give instructions to your mechs for what they should do in that five seconds. And then when you hit end turn, those five seconds play out. And then you get the snapshot of the next five seconds and can react accordingly. Cool. I did buy it. I haven't played it yet. Let's talk about our Christmas gaming. Holiday gaming. Yeah. So, Mike, you packed two cases. Is that right? Two cases for your trip to the UK? Yeah. What was in one of them? One one entire case was an eGPU enclosure. I, I bought a Razer Core X. And in my mind, it was not that much bigger than a graphics card. And then when I actually got the box home and opened it, I was like, this thing is huge. <laughs> it's like the size of like a mini tower case. It's like actually massive. So, yes, basically one entire suitcase was just this Razor Core X. But on the other hand, it turns out it's lucky I bought it. Like, you know, when I took it out of the box, I was like, why did I do this? I'm an idiot. But, you know, I'm actually I'm happy I've got it now because... This laptop plus that eGPU is basically my computer for the next two plus months. So yeah, I pimped out my laptop before taking this trip to the UK. I put in a new two terabyte SSD, had the fun of reinstalling all the drivers and trying to find the drivers that Razer helpfully didn't put on their website. So I had to like, well, I had to copy them from the old SSD. And I learned a lot about the Windows driver cache. But whatever, it's all working now. And then, yes, I took the graphics card, which was a 2070 Super, out of my desktop. And it's in the Core X. So I now have quite a competent gaming laptop. 
How was it? Do you need a desktop? I mean, it's not as good as a desktop in the end. I mean, the CPU is much newer than the CPU in my desktop, but at the end of the day, it's still a laptop class CPU and it cannot crunch the numbers as fast as my desktop, even though my desktop is like four years old. So stuff like Warzone and Cyberpunk get 30-ish frames per second. And, you know, the graphic settings are completely irrelevant. Like in Cyberpunk, I know I set the graphics to low, get 30 frames per second. Set the graphics to ultra with ray tracing, get 30 frames per second. You know, it's the CPU that's holding it back. It's good, though. I mean, the thing is, it can play anything. So it works fine. And importantly, actually, there were a bunch of stability problems when I first got it. So, you know, as a warning to anyone who's thinking of doing this and getting an eGPU, it works fine in games. When I tried to edit the podcast with it, it just locked up. Like, it, it's actually something I've not experienced with a computer since, like, you know, the early 2000s. Like, a really weird and unstable computer. Like, it, it completely froze wasn't a blue screen of death it wasn't a reset it was like literally the mouse pointer stopped moving and the audio was just looping the last 100 milliseconds like over and over and over again i eventually tracked it down to some power settings so as a tip for anyone who's gonna use an egpu in the future to solve this problem i had to go into the nvidia settings and change it to prefer maximum performance so that it just never tries to go into power saving mode and that fixed it basically. So how did it work with COD? How did that, was it satisfying? Was it sufficient? I mean, it was playable. I mean, apart from the terrible internet here, I was actually having to tether to a phone, (laughs) my mum's phone, but my mum has six phones for Pokemon, so it wasn't a problem. (laughs) That's a whole other story. Yeah, so in COD, some places it would get like 30-something frames per second. Like, and I think that was the CPU, not the GPU. So again, not ideal, but still playable. Still... In less populated or less built-up areas of the map, it was getting, you know, 70, 80 plus. So that was fine. It, you know, the, the sad thing about this particular model of Razer is it doesn't have a high refresh rate screen unfortunately. So if I'd obviously known there was going to be a pandemic and I wasn't going to travel with my laptop, I would have held off buying a laptop for like another year because the current model of the Razer, the Razer Blade Stealth, has a 120 hertz screen. This one doesn't. You, you, so could, have upgraded your, too bad. you could have upgraded your screen though. What do you mean? I'm sure they had offered multiple screens at the time. No, but none of them were high refresh oh, okay. rate. Yeah, you could get either a 60 hertz 1080p screen or a 60 hertz 4K touchscreen. But I wasn't interested in a 4K screen anyway, so I just I just got the regular 1080p one. Did you still win? We did actually win a few games of Warzone, yes. Because my sister's husband is really good. Was here as well, and he'd actually bought his PS4, and yeah, we just played Warzone <laughs> like over Christmas. A lot of Warzone. So he wasn't bothered about having to play with PC players? No, because he's not a racist. Yeah, I know you and your family are very snobbish about playing with PC players. It's the cheaters. So many cheaters. I I guess also this was just after the Cold War integration, so maybe there were no cheaters because the client had just updated. We, we certainly didn't encounter any cheaters. Well, that's a positive experience. You've shown me that crossplay works. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, the meta was, depending on your point of view, totally busted or amazing. Like, I personally really enjoyed it, <laughs> maybe because I'm secretly really toxic. The, um, you know, during the period we were playing it, the DMR meta took place so if you are not closely following warzone you know (laughs) when when the cold war integration first happened the general consensus was that the cold war guns were trash 
But then they discovered that these tactical rifles, so in particular, the DMR-14 and the Type 63, were a two-shot headshot. And you could spam them. And basically, everyone's running around with practically auto snipers now because of the, you know, the DMR. And they did nerf it, but the nerf seems to have been very slight. So it's just, it's just kind of fun. Like, basically, if you see someone first, they're dead now. <laughs> you know, Which is how it should like, be. Bang, 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 you know? <laughs> I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed it playing with the stupid DMR fourteen. <laughs> I ditched my max level kilo, and I had this level two DMR fourteen that had you know no attachments but a two time scope, and I was just like wrecking people. <laughs> it was like, "There's a sniper! Oh, don't worry, I've got him." You know, it was so fun. Let's move on to let's move on to Steam. So. I called you. Was it suspicious? Was it a bit weird? I just asked to call you. Not really. Oh, good. You're allowed to call me. Yeah, so I called you to see if I could gift you these games. Obviously, you didn't know that until I called you. I thought, why are you doing this? Why ruin the surprise? But it seems that it was the right thing to do. So I'm in Hong Kong, and I was going to give you, gift you these five games. For my birthday. Yeah, not randomly. I don't, I don't love you that much. <laughs> not as tribute <laughs> bring me my tribute <laughs> podcast slave <laughs> yeah and because you're in the, in the UK that won't work out yeah so I knew this only because we also did Secret Santa for the Retro Games meetup and my Steam account is set to Hong Kong region and weirdly, I can buy games for myself in the Hong Kong region and activate them. But if someone gifts me a game from Hong Kong, I can't actually accept the gift because I'm not physically in Hong Kong. It's really weird, even though my account is set to Hong Kong region. So I was already aware that I could not receive games from Hong Kong. So, you know, for the Retro Games meetup, literally, they sent me the gift and then I declined the gift and they sent me the cash and I just bought the games. And that's, and that's what we did too, basically. That's like a pro tip. But yeah, you know, it's the thought that counts. So yeah, I was very grateful to receive the fun gift games. Good. Next question. Did you do your, your daily tasks? Do you care? Usually I'm really on it. Usually I always explore the queue and collect the free stuff in the sale, whatever the sale freebie, whatever the sale activity is. But I was really slack this time, actually. I hardly, I, I kept forgetting to do the discovery queue and collect the free bird sticker. I, I did vote in the Steam Awards, so I got my trading cards, etc. for that. And I was, of course, claiming the free Epic game every day. Because it's free. Why wouldn't you? Did you get it done? I did. I've learned. I've learned. But even though I got all, you know, collected all the trading cards I could get, I didn't get enough to get the badge. I had to. Oh, yeah. I think I, I really wonder if it's rigged. Like, I, I should actually have run the numbers to see what the probability was. Because, you know, there are 10 trading cards you need, like 10 distinct trading cards you need to get the badge. And I had a lot of trading cards because I, I bought a lot of stuff. So I ended up with like six of several cards and like none of several cards. It was just like, what is the probability of this happening? I didn't calculate it though. I did eventually get the badge. And then I sold my surplus cards and used that money to buy the missing cards. So I think I've got a level three badge in the end. Oh, slick. We should really talk about the games. Did you buy anything in the sales? No, I don't buy anything in the sales. I think last year I was relatively good and I was like, I'm not going to have time to play them anyway. I'm not going to buy anything. And then this year I just went mad. I bought so much stuff. 
because your excuse doesn't work, you can't say I've got no time to play these anymore. I've got all the time in the world. <laughs> Buy more games. Yeah, I went totally mad. I mean, I got gifted from Amy, my retro game secret Santa. She very kindly sent me Super Liminal and Subnautica, both but of which I'm super keen to play. You would have got Subnautica from the Epic Games store. Well, I've got it again now. Yay. Then from you, I got... <laughs> I got a lot of stuff, actually. What did you send me? You sent me My Summer Car. Dicey Dungeons. Paradise Killer. 5D Chess with multi-first time travel. Yeah. And Griftlands. That's a lot of stuff. But actually, it's quite good. Thank you very much, Ting. It's quite good when there's a sale, though. My summer car wasn't even on sale. Wasn't it? No, it was not. But it was still cheap, so it's still good value. Paradise Killer. I am very curious about because I'd never heard of this. And then I looked it up. And yeah, I'm very curious about this game. I, I want to play it. And then... Yeah, just for myself, I bought loads of other random stuff too. I bought Manifold Garden, Failseal, Arbiter's Mark, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, Near Automata, There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension, Lair of the Clockwork God, Persona 4 Golden, and What the Golf? Persona 4 Golden. So that means yeah. you would consider... When are we going to play that? That's like 100 hours in itself. So that means you're interested in Persona 5, really? I'm definitely interested in Persona 5. I don't know where you got the idea that I wasn't. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in Persona 5. It's just a matter of when to pull the trigger. Because with a Japanese-style RPG, once you start, you've kind of got to finish it. Otherwise, you've just wasted the time. You know, Because the, sto the stories tend to be insane and unless you play it all the way through, you're going to have no idea what's going on. I mean, this has been the problem with Final Fantasy XV, which I have tried to play several times, and I keep starting it, and then being like, what? And then having to start it again. Like, I keep meaning to play Final Fantasy XV, but I just don't have the persistence to go all the way through. So I think I've played, like, I think I've played the first five to ten hours of Final Fantasy XV twice. For example, and you know, I don't want to do that with Persona. Like once once I start it, I want to I want to play it. Okay, one question before we move on: How many of these have you read? Have you played already? None of them. <laughs> I'll play them when I'm in quarantine because then I will be on my own in a hotel room, won't be able to even open the door, or I'll be arrested. And I'm assuming since it's back in Hong Kong. I will have amazing internet because trying to download one of these on my mum's ancient ADSL would be very painful. Good. Let's move on to resolutions then. We've put these things down as resolutions, but they're more like commitments, aren't they? I guess so. I don't know. I think you're, like, you're publicly stating it, you know, and then people can judge you if you fail. You fail to buy more things. <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> My resolution is to buy more stuff in the Steam sales. No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But is it a resolution? I don't know. I mean, like, 
Yeah, we'll see. Like, you know, because so, some of them, especially the ones that involve buying stuff, it's probably not a big deal if you don't buy the stuff. It's true. Maybe it's better if you don't buy the stuff. Yes. But yeah, we'll see. So who's going first? I'll start first. PS5. It's an obvious one. You're resolving to buy a PS5. Yep. Need to fight off all the... It is a resolution because it's it's effort to buy a PS5. You have to be committed to getting your order in and being there, get, you know, getting the alert set up, beating the bots. I imagine the supply will become normal at some point in the next couple of months. Couple of months? Okay, I'm going to come back to you with a bat. <laughs> I don't know why, I said, why I'm so aggressive there. With a so... bat. <laughs> I mean, you're like, lol, good luck getting to me through quarantine. <laughs> two months, you said, two months. Yeah, maybe, maybe it'll be more than that. I, you're right, the supply will probably ease up about the same time the graphics card supply eases up. I don't think the graphics card supply is going to ease up anytime soon. Bitcoin is... Gone crazy, thirty-eight thousand. But you're not you're not using GPUs to mine Bitcoin anymore, right? You need ASICs now. I saw a picture of someone with seventy-eight, thirty-eighties, rigged up, and he was generating. He was claiming to have generated twenty thousand US a month. Is GPU mining still viable for Bitcoin? I really thought you needed ASICs. I really thought it was all about like crazy like custom silicon immersed in like baths of oil <laughs> next to a hydroelectric dam for the cheap electricity. Maybe we're underestimating a 3080. Yeah, maybe. I mean, speaking of a 3080 then, well, certainly I am planning to refresh my PC. I mean, I say that getting a whole new PC is such a faff. Like, there's all the data on the old PC and all your settings and everything, you know, like... And there's also what to do with the old PC, you know? Run it as a server. <laughs> Run it as a server. It's like a monolith. Use it to evolve some apes. But, yeah, I... We haven't think even talked... My... <laughs> go go on, go on. We haven't talked about the monolith. We could have put that in the pre-chat. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, so my desktop is a massive black monolith it's like it's a full tower desktop pc it, it lives on the floor like it's not on my desk it's on the floor and it basically pretty much goes from the floor up to the height of my desk like it's this massive black monstrosity with like six drives and it did it used to have two graphics cards you don't sound like a fan but <laughs> It's, it's, what was I thinking when I bought this thing, right? What was I thinking? It was, it was actually, actually, it was the last time I changed job that I bought this thing. Yeah, when I went mad. So it was originally actually for mining cryptocurrency. That's actually why I originally bought it, which is why it was so massive and had like such an over-engineered power supply and all the graphics cards and stuff. Well, it was, it was both for mining cryptocurrency and playing a lot of games, obviously. Because obviously if I was really doing it just for crypto, yes, I should have some massive low power rack with many many more than two graphics cards anyway sorry an aside so this pc if i want to upgrade it it will have to be a complete rebuild i'd have to change the motherboard i've changed the cpu change the ram change the graphics card so yeah the question is whether to rebuild it in the case again because actually i did refresh it once a few years back or just get a completely new case and a completely new machine it's so funny. You make it sound like such a hardship, but you're just going to get someone to do it for you. <laughs> to do the build. Yeah, oh, you do the yeah. hard bit of picking but, all you know, the components. All the data and all the setup is obviously going to be me. It, it's, oh, because, yeah. it's because it's so cheap in Hong Kong, right? Like, if you go to the right place, you know what's funny, actually, because if you go to the wrong place, it is actually a farce. Because I, I definitely went to one shop first because they had a case that I wanted to buy. And I said, okay, how much for the case and how much are these components? And then how much for you to build it for me? And they were like, blah, blah, components of this, this, this. And they were all inflated prices. And I'm like, oh, and we'll charge you 10,000 Hong Kong dollars, which is like a thousand pounds to build it. And I was like, bye. And I just walked out. And they're like, no, no, wait. And I was like, no, bye. And I just walked out and I left the shop because they were taking the piss. And I went into another shop 
and they quoted me better prices for all the components and the cost for building it was a hundred dollars that's like a tenner that's ridiculous as well yeah so you know it's really cheap to get them to build it for you so you may as well get them to build it for you because if there's a problem with one of the components they'll just swap it out there and then so did we say you're committed you're now committed to amd yeah i think if i was going to build a new machine it would be an amd cpu and probably a 3080 ish card and you're thinking of something similar yeah amd plus 3070 although i'm trying to justify it because i'm going to do some ai stuff with it at least i tell myself explain the ai stuff yeah because the the GPU cores are really good for AI compute. And it's time, you know, I want to know why I want to do all the processing on the GPU. I want to know how to do that. I should definitely learn too. The idea of building something, letting it run overnight and have it self-learn how to do something is, even as a, a computer scientist, that's quite, that's, it's like seeing a fighter jet in real life for the first time. <laughs> have you never done any of this i've done some machine learning stuff in the past like you know i wrote basic things for recognizing handwritten numbers or suggesting films you know based on how you rate other films like i've i've done exercises that teach you how to do those things for example i you know i did i did basically the coursera and is it udemy machine learning courses a few of them well, in those ones, are you taking a data set and learning from them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, like, it gives you loads of handwritten numbers it's so much that have been labelled, and know. then you train the neural net, and then you draw a number and it tells you what the number is. I think it's just so much cooler when you don't have that data set to start with, and you're learning from zero. That's, what's, that's oh, what bothers me. the alpha zero stuff. Yes, exactly. That's it. Yeah. In hindsight... You know, it does make you think, yeah, why not? Why shouldn't you be able to do that for an adversarial game? Sorry, this is, this is a very highbrow conversation. What we'll realise, though, is after we run it overnight, it's like, my AI is still dumb as shit because my compute is, yeah. is nothing. <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to play chess. And the next morning, herp, <laughs> move porn. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but i think i think that's an equally worthy exercise so you are going to try and make an ai yeah a dumb ai it's definitely interesting yeah it's definitely a very interesting field okay one last thing on this ai there's no reason why you can't tr um, train something to to play non-adversarial games as long as you set up the rules correctly, in theory. Is that a, just an assertion, or is that what the paper says? Assertion. If you've read the paper on this. That's an assertion. I wonder if that assertion is correct, based on how the network works. Because if it's not an adversarial game then it's not a symmetric problem. So I was thinking, what about for, for puzzles? Solving puzzles. Like a Rubik's Cube. Well, okay, so the reason I say I think it needs to be adversarial is because for the Alpha Zero thing, it's learning by playing itself. But if it's like a puzzle game where you're competing against like... If you're trying to teach it to solve Sudoku, for example, right? There's no other side for it to play. Oh, true. So that's why so that's why I'm asking if it's an assertion or if it's in the paper, because it's not in the paper. I don't know how the Alpha Zero learning algorithm works. But if it's like two players playing the same game, well, if it's two players playing with the same set of rules against each other, then it's like a symmetrical problem. Right. Then as it learns, it plays a move and then it plays a move against itself. But it's learning from both sides and it's the same problem. Whereas if it's like a puzzle game, there's no other side for it to learn from. No, you're just trying to find the end state as quick as possible. If you see. And then it collapses back to the standard traditional learning problem. So that's why I'm, I'm questioning whether that assertion is true. Continuing on the topic of making something then, 
So you're working on the AI. Maybe I should be working on an AI. I'm also interested in writing a game. So I have started writing a card game, kind of like Slay the Spire, just as a starting point. Notionally, it's we, we talked about it in you know a game ideas episode that we did. I can't even remember how long ago that was. But on paper, this is, you know, Dungeon Seed decks in my Dungeon Seed saga of games. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but in practice, I've got hardly anywhere with it. I, I actually can't tell if it's helpful or not trying to go too deep on this one. I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and make some sort of playable game just, if nothing else, as practice because there's a lot of unity stuff i need to learn or relearn and it's an interesting exercise in just how to architect the game you know because it's been a long time since i've done that but i probably should also just you know prototype some new ideas some new mechanics and see what's actually fun not just in the card game space so i am planning to do that this year because obviously I need some justification for not having a job. <laughs> Unless this podcast really takes off, you know, share it around. Get us to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of downloads. And then, then I can <laughs> legitimately be a pro, podca- pro podcaster. There's more, right, Mike? More. What non-gaming things I need to do. Sort out my life. Yeah. Get more sleep. Have a better routine. Be less tired. Be less tired, yes. And probably eventually get back to Hong Kong, seeing as I'm paying the rent, the very expensive rent, on a flat. Do you need a house sitter? I, I, it's okay. I, I've, given, I've given some keys to some friends, so I might actually ask them to go in and check on it. Because, you know, hope for the best, but plan for the worst. I, I did think there was a non-zero chance of this happening. And then it happened. So I was prepared for it. And what about you? Do you watch Netflix, Mike, quickly? Do you watch Netflix? Yes. Are you aware of the, the Minimalists documentary? No. So do you know about minimalism? Yes. Are these one-word answers minimalist enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. So, I have a lot of clutter in this flat, in my life. And it's one of the few things I cannot do through sheer willpower. I need to throw stuff out. And the challenge is, day one, throw one item out. Day two, throw two items out. Day three, throw three three items out. Up to day 30 and throw, on day 30, throw 30 items out. 30 grains of rice. (laughs) So, you're trying to marry Kondo your flat. My life. Your life. I don't think about it as a, don't think about it as a flat. These are my life possessions. And this isn't my flat, so I don't... You know, I'm not here for good. So that's one of my resolutions. But actually, I think I need to combine it with... B-Minder. <laughs> B-Minder. <laughs> we got, did we get into trouble or did we get praised? I can't even tell. We had a fun interaction with B-Minder on Twitter. <laughs> Because we kind of roasted B-Minder in the pre-chat for the previous app, Not knowing... Not knowing that B-Minder were be watching. <laughs> so, at the end of that interaction, I said I'd give it a go. Seems the right thing to do. It's only fair. I mean, I, I'm the one who did most of the roasting, so it probably should be me trying it, but... But no, it's you. <laughs> Thanks, <Yeah>. Ting. <laughs> Thanks for taking the bee sting for me. I have to pick up your pieces. So I'll let you know how it goes. It's quite annoying because the first thing you do is you have to put in your credit card. Oof. But I will do it. Yeah, try. I mean, it, it probably really does work. It really does. That, that's the thing, though. A lot of people say they want to change their habits. But how many people really do? Those that do get bee minder. Those that don't just trash talk it on a podcast.
we were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit. Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. So, Michael, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful that I got to see my family over Christmas and New Year, which a lot of people didn't. It was it was very touch and go because literally as I landed, the new tier four restrictions came into force for England and my family had coincidentally all just gone up the day before to see my mum and I as an overseas person it didn't apply to yet so yeah I'm very grateful I got to see all of my family over Christmas so Michael says bye bye bye